0: The Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. We're going through the book of Galatians right now, and we're up to Galatians at chapter 6, the last chapter of this incredible letter that Paul wrote to remind the Galatians of the truth of the gospel, to give them hope in Christ, to remind them that they don't have to add even a single work to the law of God or to the gospel rather in order to be justified before God. What Christ has done is enough. And so we're coming up to the end of his letter and we've talked about the indicative imperative separation and here he's getting into some imperatives teaching them how to live, specifically giving them ideas of how to live and instructions on how to live in light of some of the things that That He has written. This morning we're going to look at Galatians chapter 6 verses 1 through 5. Let me pray for us and I'll read those verses and then we'll jump in. Father we thank you for your word and ask that you would strengthen us by your word. God that you would teach us as you command us here in your word to restore people in their sin and not to look to them for our boasting but look only at ourselves. We ask all of this in Christ's name. Amen. for each will have to bear his own load. So here Paul is kind of building on some of the instructions that he has given, and he tells us that what we're to do when a brother was caught in sin, and it says in any transgression, it's not just some gentle or sly transgression, it says If someone's caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual, that is you who have been given the Spirit, who bear the fruits of the Spirit in your life, you who are found in Christ should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Wow. Think about what's going on there. Anyone who is found in sin should be restored in a spirit of gentleness. So often we're looking for reasons to exclude people. If you read Christian blogs or Christian Facebook posts or anything of the sort, and you find even in the reformed camp, people that they they they'll say things like, you know, preaching, and I'm paraphrasing here, but you'll if you've seen them, you'll know what I mean. If if you haven't seen them, trust me, they're out there. But they'll say stuff like, preaching hasn't happened unless somebody's crying or something like that. Like basically, like, you should be obliterating people with the proclamation of the word, robbing Puritans, let's kill them all. You know, it's like, what in the world are we doing here? That's not the gospel. The, the goal of the gospel is not to tear people apart. That's just not it. And it, it, it's so sad that in the reformed world, where we're supposed to be about the gospel. We're we're the ones that preach justification by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. That's our message. Because it's the Bible's message, yes, but that's, that's what we're known for. That's our calling card. That even within this world, in our camp, we find these people, and we ourselves at times find ourselves to be these people, who are so fixed on, like, just bullying people with theology, and so fixed on making them feel small before a great God. I get it. He is God. He's the creator. We're the creature. But if our goal, either in preaching, in the formal act of preaching, or just in talking to people about the gospel, is to make people feel small. It seems that we've missed it. Paul says when someone's caught in sin, the goal's not to make them feel small. The goal's not to make them feel weak or dumb or like a failure. The goal, he says, is to restore them in a spirit of gentleness. A bruised reed he will not break. And nor should we. But we should restore them in gentleness. Remember the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When, when we're not gentle people, it's because we're walking in the flesh. When we get excited about not being gentle, there's something gravely wrong. And Then he says, Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Now, here's the reality. When we step in to to someone's sin, to restore them in gentleness, temptation is going to be right there. Because we're going to have to, at some level, be involved, not practicing what they're doing, but we're going to have to get up close to it. We're going to have to get in the dirt of their life. And so we do need to watch ourselves, keep an eye on ourselves, so that we don't fall into the same temptation. And he says this essentially in a different way in verse 2. Bear one another's burdens. That's what we're doing. When we're restoring people in a spirit of gentleness, when we're walking with them in their sin, when we're providing accountability and encouragement in the gospel for them, that's what we're doing. We're bearing one another's burdens. And so we're fulfilling the law of Christ. Now, what is the law of Christ? Paul's whole thing has been, this isn't about the law. Well, we go back to verse 13 of chapter 5. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Rather than biting and devouring one another, rather than being envious of one another and boasting and being conceited, as he talks about in verse 26, We're to restore one another in a spirit of gentleness and so bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. In other words, we do what Jesus did. Remember what he said? If your burden is heavy, give it to me. Come to me because my burden is light. Cast your burden on me. We get to participate in that work of Christ. Not that we bear each other's sin salvifically, of course not. But we do bear one another's burdens, just as Christ bore ours. Paul then somewhat shifts gears, but but gives us some of the the kind of underpinning of of this thought. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Paul's, Paul's reminding him, look, if you think you don't need someone to bear your burdens, if you think you don't need Jesus to bear your burdens, if that's what you think the situation is, you've deceived yourself. You've utterly missed the gospel. You've wrongly assessed how you actually are, and you're heaping laws on people that you yourself don't keep. That's what we're doing when we refuse to bear one another's burdens. When we refuse to walk with people in love. We're acting as if they need something that we don't. And that is perhaps the grandest of all lies. But Paul says in verse four, let each one test his own work, then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. Paul's not saying that that our law keeping will give us reason to boast, I don't think here. Because the very next verse says, for each will have to bear his own load. I think what Paul is saying here is, let each one test his own work and you'll see what you can boast in. And it's only Christ. Because we bring nothing to the table. Yes, we grow in holiness as the Spirit sanctifies us. Yes, I get that. But when we look at our lives, we see that we have only Christ. And that we're responsible for our actions, our sin. And if Christ doesn't bear it for us, then we'll have to bear it ourselves. And that won't work. So come alongside people in gentleness, walk with them in their sin, even as they do that for you, because that's what we all need. There's not one Christian in the world who doesn't need his brothers and sisters, his mothers and fathers in Christ to come alongside him or to come alongside her in gentleness and restore them and bear their burden. You need it. I need it. So might we give that to others, even as Christ gave it to us. Amen.